Hello, Syngap land. My name is Michael Gralia, and today is Friday, May 13th. This is episode 60 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. I want to start with the big news. We got a major preprint out this week. I talked last week about what preprints were. Go listen to episode 59 if, you don't, if you're not sure, but it's a big deal. It's come out from the Quadrado Lab at USC. Last author was Quadrado. Second to last author was Marcelo Coba. As you know, if you've been paying attention, Marcelo Coba is on our scientific advisory board and we funded him a couple of times on stem, uh, stem cell and organoid work. Awesome that that investment years ago has paid off. And congratulations to the first authors who are the, the postdocs or the predocs who've done all the hard heavy lifting and that's Marcella Betrelli and Deli Del Doso, so Daisy Del Doso. So thank you all of you and all the other authors for that incredible work. I'm gonna be honest with you. Most most papers I can scan, look at the pretty pictures and kind of understand what's going on. This one, heavy science. So what that means is I don't know I you know if people hadn't told me what it means I wouldn't have a clue. But what I can tell you is that it's going to go into a major journal and it's going to raise the profile of Syngap 1 because the findings are pretty darn cool. So look forward to that. And um, congratulations to Drs. Quadrado and Coba. And here's a funny story. Dr. Quadrado got involved in this because Dr. Coba across the hall was like, hey, I'm working on these organoids. And Dr. Coba had those organoids because a few years ago, Dr. Hans Schlecht from our scientific advisory board and Eric's dad called him and said, hey, you do some cool proteomics work. Have you ever heard of Syngap-1? He said, well, you know, I know it's a gene, but no, 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 I think it's interesting. You should look at this. And then he sent him Eric's blood and then I've sent him Tony's blood and then he's got blood from five or six other families. And so Professor Koba has a, a number of organoids in his lab and is working on our gene in a very deep way. And that has turned into this incredible preprint. So it's, it's a really good day for Syngap land when, when something like this happens. And congratulations to everybody involved. I'm, I'm just thrilled. And I'll, I'll, share, I'll share our tweet about that in the show notes. We've mentioned it on Facebook, etc. Webinars. Thank you to Professor Davidson of, Professor Peterson, pardon me, of USC, who gave an incredible webinar yesterday. It was webinar 56 on working with school districts and the laws around um, special services for our kids and how important it is that we do that. So don't miss that one if you've got a school-aged child. That pairs well with that, with webinar 53, which was Jackie Cancier talking about um, behaviors and advocating for your child. So we've got some incredible content on that webinar page, folks, and it's science and advocacy, and it's just great work, and we're not going to stop. On June 2nd, Maybe our next one, there might be another one before that. I'm losing track. Gavin Rumba from Scripps will be giving a talk on Syngap isoforms um, and the way it's spliced into different sort of types of Syngap. If you don't, if you're like, what are you talking about? You got to go to the webinar. It's going to be very good. Gavin is one of our experts. Um, June 2nd at 10 a.m. Pacific, syngap.fun slash splice. That's, that's going to be one not to miss. Let's talk about fundraising. I, I keep talking about Sprint for Syngap, but the number keeps going up. Last week it was 127,000. This week it's 137. Why? Well, the Tavillas just, they wanted to get over 100 and they made it. So the Syngap, the um, Tavilla total is 100 grand and everybody else we raised about 37 grand. So good job, everybody. Thank you. Every dollar matters. This is a whole grant we just raised for, at least, well, a normal grant. We're doing some abnormal grants these days, but it's a big deal and thank you. And I'm already looking forward to Sprint for Syngap 2023, which will be April 29th, 2023. Mark your calendars, get your teams going now. This is exciting. And there were 600 different donors 
that wrote a check to Syngap Research Fund. 600 different donors that wrote a check to Syngap Research Fund. We were doing our piece to raise awareness and help people learn that we're in the struggle and we need their help. It's, it's really great work. Speaking of fundraisers, Aaron Harding is leading a team with Peter and Callie and Heather and who else um, doing the million dollar bike ride with UPenn. UPenn is a major partner for us. Dr. Heller's lab is there. Dr. Prosser's lab is there. Ingo Helbig is there from our clinical advisory board. Um, Katie Helbig is an amazing genetic, genetic counselor there. Bev Davis, I could go on. There's an incredible team at UPenn and the Orphan Disease Center at UPenn runs a million dollar bike ride and the first $30,000 we raise will be matched. So that's a no brainer. Go ahead and please give some money to the million dollar bike ride. Share that out, support that team. If you're anywhere near Philly, go to that event and make sure you are rooting them on. It's gonna be exciting and there'll be a great dinner that night. So looking forward to that and thank you to you, Penn, for including us in the organizations that you believe in enough to match what we raise. This will be very exciting and hopefully we'll raise a lot of money and hopefully it'll go to a lab. Who knows, maybe at UPenn. Um, mice, we're still raising funds for those two mice we're gonna make for another company that's interested. I talked about this in episode 59, I believe. Please support that, syngap.fund slash two mice. And then, hey, it's my birthday at the end of the month. I'm getting older. And um, it's my tradition to do a Facebook fundraiser and to match every dollar that goes in. So I'm at 5,000 right now. I'll keep coming, guys. I'll match it. Please give some, if you're on Facebook, please give some money to my birthday fundraiser and, and support it. I will point out the birthday fundraisers are low hanging fruit. Every time I wish someone happy for birthday on Facebook and they're a Syngap parent, I die a little bit inside. I'm like, what? what? I don't say this out loud because that would be impolite, but. I'm like, why are you not doing a Facebook fundraiser for Singa? Why, you know, oh, I, I, I give my say. Fine, match. Do what I'm doing, match. Say, I'm going to do a birthday fundraiser. It's my birthday. I want to raise 1000 2000 5500 whatever dollars for Singap, and I'm going to match the first 1000 whatever it is. It's a way of letting your friends painlessly, like, oh, it's so cool. It's your birthday, Singap. Your kids got Singap. Click, click, click. $25 flows from Facebook to SRF. Zero transaction costs. They don't take a penny, God bless them. And it just flows into our account. Zero work for us, somebody cuts a receipt. It's really effective and Facebook fundraisers are such an important part of, of our fundraising platform. So please seriously consider as your birthday approaches, even better if you do it two weeks out, by my example, right? Um, if you put it out there and you encourage people and you just make it a thing, hey, it's my birthday, my kids got Syngap, let's support Syngap Research, SRF's amazing. So please think about that. Remember, we thank people for doing birthday fundraisers by taking what you raised and, and giving you a 10% um, 10 of what you raised and giving you a gift certificate to our gift shop. So that's pretty cool, right? And you can go and get hoodies and t-shirts and stickers and all the things. Okay. Moving on, storytelling. I wanna talk about storytelling. The Dravet Syndrome Foundation is a lot larger than us and has um, the resources to do really cool stuff. So they recently had a, a communications consultant do a webinar on the importance of storytelling and it was so good. It was a two-part webinar, I'll share the link. Just happened, the recording should be up soon. And the first one was on the power of telling your story, you know, ending with an ask, all the important things. And the other one was social media. And you've all heard me say it, right? Get on Twitter, engage, share your story, tell people about your child, tell people about your journey, make a family movie. Well, this is a really great um, why you should think about that and how you should think about that. And it's a free webinar and it's available. Thank you, our friends at Dravet. Please check out that links in the show notes and think about if your church, if your boss, if some drug company asks you to stand in front of a room of five, 10, 100 people, are you ready? 
Do you understand the flow? Can you talk about your kid and your journey and what it means? Can you explain Syngap 1? Most of us can't. It's really hard. I've been trying for four years and I'm still working on it. So I encourage you, but, but, but don't abdicate that. Don't be like, oh, let me call Mike. No, no, no. You do it. It's your kid. It's your community. It's your story. And I urge you to all think about that. Watch these webinars and be like, okay, how would I tell that story? It's so, so important. I want to move on. Praxis. Keep talking about practice, but they keep putting out great news. So this last week they put out their epilepsy day and I had a Twitter thread on that. And this week they put out some earnings and I added four tweets to that Twitter thread. Link will be in the show notes. So basically what I observed in that from their thing was, first of all, they got it up. They got, they got some cash. They got about $200 million and that will get them to Q3 of next year, right? And then you have to ask yourself, well, wait, we're not even going to have a candidate until next year. So they, how are they going to fund the research in that? Well, that's the second tweet is you look at their pipeline for this year. Like they've got a lot going on. And if they get some good results, um, if they get some good results, they're going to be able to license that or raise more money off that or whatever. So that's pretty exciting. That tells us we have a company who's, who's got a lot of irons in the fire and is, is, is building expertise. Think about this for a second. This is the third tweet, building expertise on regulatory for cutting edge genetic therapies for monogenic rare diseases. Example, SCN2A gain of function. If you don't know what gain of function is, call me. Um, so right now they've got a trial going on with SCN2A gain of function and it's public information that the FDA just sent them a letter and said, just put that on hold for a month. We're, we'll come back to you with more information. And everyone's like, whoa, what's going on? I think their stock went down 6% that day. It could be, could be just whatever. Who knows what it could be? Um, but we have to remember that, that there are parts of this process that are highly uncertain and the FDA can be a little tricky sometimes. Do you see how I'm trying to be measured in my comments here? And so we're going to be going through this process, right? Getting two companies to say they're working on your disease is just the beginning. Right. Then they have to get something. Then we have to design a trial. Then we have to do a trial and, and, and get FDA approval. And then there's market. There's a whole thing that's after that. Health economics, whatever. But what's great about Praxis is what we're seeing right now is that they are developing the regulatory expertise to do this work. And that's huge. So thank you so much, Praxis. Keep going. We're proud of you. Last and, and very important point, Praxis is um, announced that they're partnering with Gavin Rumba and Scripps. Yep, the same Gavin Rumba from the webinar on June 2nd to support his small molecule screening platform. So it's been a few years. I mean, Gavin's had at least one, probably two grants from the NIH to do a small molecule drug screen. And um, I think the NIH announcement said it was for autism, but this one says it's for Syngap, and really it probably always was for Syngap. Who knows? It doesn't matter. So I'm excited about that because I think Praxis being involved in that will mean more resources and more urgency. And we always need more of both things, right? More resources, more urgency. So I'm very excited to hear that and to see it. Um, you know, before I was worried that any hits would be, would be owned and controlled by scripts, and now I'm worried that any hits will be owned and controlled by Praxis, and they will prioritize, and their bar will be really high. And I'm still desperate for us to have a small molecule screen. So I wish Praxis every success and I'm glad they've got a heavy hitter like Gavin involved. And I still think that, um, especially for repurposed drugs, 
we need to do our own screen. By the way, we are doing our own screen. We're working with Rarebase. So if you remember, what, six months ago, we did this partnership with Rarebase and they're doing the small molecule screen. We're going to get that readout next month. So next month, Rarebase is going to hand us a list and says, based on experiments in healthy cells, healthy non-Syngap cells, here are 30 drugs that make Syngap go up. Next step, we have to test those in Syngap cells from patients, which we've been making. But it's not going to be cheap. And, but it is going to be fast. You can, you know, you save time, you can save money, you can't save both. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're still noodling on it. Stay tuned, watch this space. But super exciting, super exciting. I, I got ahead of myself with the drug screen. I want to come back to capricious and 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 the, and the perils that face um, rare disease drug development. So it was also announced today or yesterday, I don't remember, that Hunter syndrome, which is a, which is a, a really, really bad disease that happens to little boys. And um, it's not great. And Takeda has been working with, with, with Kim at Hunter syndrome for, I don't know, eight years. And Kim Stevens. And um, it was just announced recently that they're going to discontinue that program. And it's, it's really, it's not great news for them. Now they're saying there's another program and you know we think the other one's going to be better. So, but still takes time. A lot of there was a lot of hope and a lot of you know we're almost there and they had a trial and it's been dosed in kids but for whatever reason they discontinued it takeda is a great company i'm not saying anything about takeda i am saying that we have to remind ourselves that programs can get turned on programs can get turned off the fda can say yes the fda can say no and when you get your head wrapped around that you understand why i'm so focused on endpoints that's what the eye tracking survey was. It's developing an endpoint. That's what the ORCA was, developing an endpoint, developing a scale. Not an endpoint, a scale. Same thing. So a big virtual hug to Kim Stevens and the Huntington disease community, of the Hunter's disease community. Um, that one really was, was, was sad to hear about. But, and this is why it's great that we have Stoke and Praxis and hopefully more soon, right? We need a drug for our kids. Our, ki our kids need better options. And by being relentless here, by working with everybody, by investing in Citizen and making sure everybody can get that data, sign up for Citizen, um, we're going to get a therapy for our kids. Thanks for listening. I've kind of ignored the 10-minute rule for so long. I'm not even going to apologize this time. All right. Have a wonderful weekend.